if you have fond memories of watching CITV and CBBC at 3.30 on a weekday afternoon, then this is the podcast for you. This is Jack's Throwback Attack. So I'm very pleased to have with me today puppeteer Rebecca Nagan. Hello. Hiya. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. And uh, many thanks for uh, taking part today and chatting to me about your career. God, absolutely my pleasure. Happy to talk to anyone, to be (laughs) honest. (laughs) So I do have to ask, um, you know, what was the path into becoming a puppeteer? Oh, gosh, you know, I fell into it by accident. Um, I went to drama school and, uh, you know desperate to be an actress and uh, failed <laughs> miserably actually um, but I could do lots of silly voices and lots of characters and um, just as I was leaving drama school I was approached to do an audition for a new children's program and originally uh, the character of Rosie was meant to be um, a sort of more Asian character and was going to tell folk stories so I got a call and they said, you know, go to this interview and if you happen to know any Asian folk stories, that would be a, a plus. Um, and at the time I was going out with a, a, an Indian jazz, jazz drummer. So I went to see his family, his parents, who told me lots of folk stories. And I turned up at this uh, interview and then bizarrely never told one of those stories and just got on with Robin, who played Jim so so well that we laughed the whole time um and we did lots of voices and and then i was just offered the job and and then it it all slightly changed in the fact that it was kind of like it's not just to do a voice do you want to puppeteer and i was like i had no idea really what that meant um i always i loved basil brush as a child and i i literally had that suspension of disbelief I didn't think there was somebody underneath manipulating it and bringing it to life. And I was sort of like, oh, I don't really, don't really know if I want to do that. But at the time, I was doing a really, um, it was an awful uh, soap opera for um, BSB before it merged with Sky. And it was like Crossroads in Space. And it was awful. So I wanted to get out of that. Um, and so I said, OK, what do we have to do? How do I, how do, I do this puppeteering thing? And uh, Robin and I went and um, we worked together for a, a few weeks um, in a cottage on his granddad's farm in Winchester. And he set up all of the cameras and a reverse scan monitor and literally taught me how to puppeteer. And then first day of shooting, there I am with this puppet and it's not quite standing up straight and it's the eye lines all a bit dodgy. And literally, Rosie and Jim was where I learned what I was up to and how it was happening. And then as the series went on, and it, it was sort of bizarrely became popular, no one thought that it would be, or sort of have quite of the impact that it really did. Um, and then there were not many women that were, pu- were puppeteers then, um, and certainly not that could do voices and things. And I just got work all the time, and I loved it. And, um, and, and when you're a puppeteer... Because you're not being seen, you can play so many different characters um, because it's not based, uh, like, like with acting, on your looks first. So, to be honest with you, it just, it, it just became, that was my life. I was a puppeteer. Um, and I, then I, I met Francis, by chance, Francis Wright, and he just took me under his wing. And um, really, he's very responsible for my career being, you know, sort of how much I worked, really. And that's the story. That's a really cool story, because, I mean, most puppeteers trained in it, and just the fact that yeah. you just accidentally fell yeah. into it and is quite cool. And most puppeteers are slightly anorak, and they wanted to be a puppeteer <laughs> since a child, and they know the Muppets and Fraggle Rock and everything. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've sort of been the anti anti-puppeteer but actually I so enjoy it I I can't I mean I don't do it as much now these days because I've got twin boys and they keep me pretty you know active Um, but I can't imagine doing anything else really 
Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. And um, with um, Rosie and Jim, I have to say, as someone who watched it, I never noticed that uh, anything was a bit wrong or that the, the, the puppet was a bit wonky, so you did all right. You have to say this, otherwise it'll be a very short interview. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it was such a gentle programme. And I don't, I don't know. It was in the days when they didn't use to commission a lot of one show. So now they'll commission, you know, 100 episodes of this and what have you. And we would do like 13 episodes in a series. And I, I don't know. I mean, it is bizarre that it, everybody still remembers it. I mean, it's a bit odd being a classic. I'm only 51. Come on. I'm not that old. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people do remember it really fondly. I mean, I'm one of those people who absolutely love the show. Mm. And um, it still pops up online on various nostalgia sites, yeah. you know. And I mean, like, I, I come from, you know, the black country, which is where a lot of the episodes were filmed. And um, even to this day... Um, you know, you still see it's about references to Rosie and Jim. It's like people are very proud of that show being filmed there. Well, it was funny because only the other day I got a, a text from another puppeteer going, I've just heard Chris Evans mention your name and Rosie on Radio 2. I'm like, random. I don't know what it was all about, but it, it is bizarre that it's in people's memories. I, I don't know. I mean, that's really flattering, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, certainly working with Ragdoll as a company, that's a production company who made Rosie and Jim. Um, I've never really worked with a company since then who go so deeply into what children will like. I mean, Teletubbies came after Rosie and Jim, and, and we all know what a massive success that was. And it is because they take the time to research their audience. It's shown to children, you know, even before it's been properly finished to, to gauge their reactions. And it's shown to a cross-section of children from all backgrounds, ethnic, ethnicities and things. And um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting way, way they worked. Because, I mean, some of the Raising Job episodes weren't ever even seen because they didn't do well enough in front of the audience they were shown to. So... It's um, yeah. It, it was a, it was a great start, that's for sure. Yeah, I really love what Ragdoll Productions did. I think they did some absolutely wonderful programs. Yeah. I think they, you know, should be held in very, very yeah. high regard for what they were they've diverse, done. Weren't they? I think. Yes, they were. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. Most definitely, and um, it was very, you know, it's a very special part of my childhood actually because I watched Rosie and Jim, I watched Teletubbies, um, Tots TV. I used to go to Stratford. In fact, actually, I've just remembered I once saw the Ragdoll boat moored up in Stratford. Uh, and the shop, the Ragdoll. Shop. Yes, the Ragdoll shop. I used to go there every summer. In fact, that was all I ever wanted to go oh, to. I love you for that. And to, um, they had the letterboxes, and you could write yes. the characters. Yes, I remember That's it. Sweet. I mean, um, like, every summer my parents would take me to Stratford and all I would go on about the entire way up the motorway is, <laughs> can we go to the Ragdoll shop? Can we go to the Ragdoll shop? And I just drove them mad until they gave in and, and let me go. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it's no longer there. However, if you... Um, it broke, broke my heart. I was there fairly recently, yeah. actually, for a Rosie and Jim reunion. We had oh. set up. We had a reunion... Um, God, this year, and it was the sort of last time we would all think we, we tried to get us all together before we all start dying. It's all, <laughs> it's, we're all getting on a little bit now. And, um, and Penny and I, Penny was one of the producers on it, we stayed in Stratford overnight and we went to have a look and it's like a, I don't know, I think it's, it's an opticians. Like a body shop or something now. It's like... Oh, time's moved on. Yeah, it's um, but if you look up, there is still a picture of Rosie and Jim in the upstairs window, or it should still be there at least. Oh no, I didn't look up. How bizarre! Yeah, there's still a picture there. I think I'm trying to remember. There's there's someone I know who went for a job at Ragdoll, and he told me that he spoke to someone. They said that they'd left the picture in the upstairs window as like a tribute. Oh. Um, because the people who took over the shop were kind of very respectful of what it used to be, and they left it like there as a like a tribute. Black, isn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> I think it's an opticians now, if I remember right. Oh, is it? I can't remember. But all, I actually felt really sad that it wasn't there. I mean, not that it should be, because those shows aren't on, you know, on the TV anymore. And and the worst thing is that I do start to begin to feel my age because they were shot in a different format. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like they can't even be shown, really. 
Well, actually, a couple of years ago, um, CITV celebrated an anniversary, like 30 years, and they actually did a weekend where they shown all the old programmes, even though that they were in an old format. Yeah. And one of the things they did show was one episode of Rosie and Jim, and this was about five years ago. Wow. And um, it was really weird because all of the shows that they shown all trended on Twitter. So for like a couple of hours, Rosie and Jim was the top trend on Twitter of Crazy. people just going, I haven't seen this in years, and it's just so nice to see. I and it was it. nice to see it again on, on the TV. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I'm a lot older now. I mean, I started Rosie and Jim when I was 20, 21. It just feels like a whole lifetime ago, like almost like someone else's life. It's, it is bizarre that, you know, now that I'm this age and I've got, got twin 12-year-olds, so they're more into Star Wars and things like that, but, um, you know. Yeah, there's not a lot of puppet-based shows for kids now, which is a shame. There was loads when I was growing up. Do you know, there isn't. It's gone on to a different thing, hasn't it? And I think it's more... I mean, it's obviously all money-led, isn't it, and merchandising now, because I think... You know, or, and again, Ragdoll started, you know, began to start that whole thing off with Teletubbies because the merchandising went crazy. Um, and then now it's all about making the money back, isn't it? But um, Netflix have just got the uh, the Dark Crystal. Um, they've just remade that for Henson's. So that's interesting. Yeah. But it's not like a preschool children's programme. No. I mean, it, it is quite crazy when you think about the money that was spent on, on shows back then. You know, the fact that Ragdoll thought, you know what, let's go and build an actual real working canal barge for a kid's show. Yeah. It's quite something that yeah. just would not happen there, the fact that they actually went and did that. And it wasn't a prop. It was an actual real boat. Yeah. And you know what? It, yes, Definitely per episode, there was a lot more money. I mean, we shot it like it was... We must have shot, like, maybe three minutes of usable material a day where you don't get that now. I mean, when I was doing the hoops, you've literally got to shoot an episode a day, so you're literally shooting 20 minutes to 25 minutes a day. Um, so, yeah, we, we, it was, we were very lucky to have that, but we didn't know it at the time. So, uh, absolutely, yeah. And um, I do have to ask as well, you know, what was it like? Because um, obviously in puppetry, you kind of have to get into uncomfortable spaces to operate a puppet. <laughs> what was it like being squeezed inside a canal boat, which are quite smaller, you know, you know anyway? Let me tell you, puppet. I don't want to go on a canal boating holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I banged my head a lot, but I never fell in. Um, Yes, there was a lot of us on one boat, and we had a support boat. Um, but when we were filming, I mean, Robin and I were just shoved into all sorts of corners. But um, fortunately, as a child, I was a bit of a gymnast, so I'm, I'm quite elastic here. My legs will go all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> So I could fit in in the in the sofas and things. You know how you see those like Japanese acrobats and things get into a small box. Yes, I'm not quite as good as them, obviously. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be working for Cirque du Soleil. But um, but yeah, I, I, I just I quite like all that. Mind you, we were shooting um, on Broad Street in Birmingham, and it was quite early in the morning, and. They were like, oh, no, we need to relocate just up to the top of the road, in the doorway, Rebs, you're going to what have you. So I literally picked up all these sort of blankets and sort of cushions and things and went and dumped them in the doorway and sat there. And the, and the person who owned the shop knocked on the door and thought I was homeless. So it's <laughs> just basically bugger off. And so I was like, oh. And it was so funny because nobody else had come up yet. And, I, and so I literally picked up the stuff and went around the corner and there they all were. And I'm going, you just won't believe what's happened to me. <laughs> but I never thought. And of course, they wouldn't have known, would they? No, no. It would have been a bit of a bizarre explanation. No, I'm here to <laughs> yeah. film a puppet show. They'd be like, yeah, right. And of course, at that point, nobody knew what Rose Jim was anyway. So they just could have gone, yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's quite a funny story. Um, <laughs> and, um, I mean, with Rose and Jim as well, there was always, you know, not just Rose and Jim, there was always the boat owner as well. There were three different ones. There was John Cunliffe, Pat Hutchins and Neil Brewer. Um, all good fun to work with, I hope. Do you know what they really were? I mean, John started it, obviously, and he, and he died, didn't he, recently? Yes, quite sadly. And, um, but he was sort of, he was, from Postman Pat, you know. Um, and I think, if my memory is 
serves me right, that um, he approached Drag Doll saying he, he wanted to, to do something other than Postman Pat and was there anything going on? And Ragdoll was thinking about this whole boat idea with this, you know, what have you. And then, I don't know, that's how come it all came about that he ended up, bizarrely, presenting something. And he wasn't really a presenter at all. Um, but, yeah, he wasn't really used to filming. I think that's the only thing I'd say about John. I, I, he he sort of wanted to stop quite regularly for snacks and things. <laughs> and we just were cracking on. Um Neil was fantastic because he was just life and soul of the party. Um, and Pat was wonderful because she came from this whole background of uh, writing and illustrating her books and was just massively interesting and just very gentle soul. And well, sadly, she's died as well mm, yeah. several years ago. So Neil is the only one still alive, bless him. Um, and that was so nice to see him recently. He hasn't changed a bit. He bought his accordion. We sang Rosie and Jim oh, <laughs> round what, the table. What like I would do. have done to have been there to see that. I would have paid money to see that. <laughs> you know, it was hilarious. Even Anne Wood turned up. Oh, and, wow. And I hadn't seen her in a long time. And, you know, she's, she still looks fabulous. Yeah. Um, but, yes, it was very nice. I've got a lot of love for Rosie and Jim and Ragdoll Productions. That's just really, really wonderful to hear. I've got a lot of love for it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed all three presenters. I, I will admit I had particular fondness towards John, although, like you say, he wasn't naturally a presenter. Yeah. He just kind of come across as a very kind yeah. granddad figure. And, yeah, you know, he just had that very soft, gentle voice as he's yeah. explaining what's going on. And I, and I really like that. But they were all good in their own right. Um, but uh, I, I think it was weird... Uh, hard for them really because it's like being the straight man in, in any sort of situation they they had to always act fairly stupid didn't they that they didn't know that the whole thing was based on just the behind you gag wasn't it that was the yeah. whole premise of the show was that adults couldn't see them and children could and they just used to cause a bit of mayhem and then you know go again but um but no, they were all they were all great. I, I, th I think all three of them didn't really understand at first, certainly how long the shooting days were, um, because sometimes we would be there still at nine o'clock at night, and just then we'd started at six because we had to get a certain amount done. But um, and and actually, all of my best friends that I still have today. I met on that job because we just were such a family and I have never done a job um, that has, has done that since then, even though I've, I've got some lovely puppeteer friends and everything. But certainly on that job, because it, we did nine series over 10 years, um, well, we just all kept in touch. In fact, Penny, I've just helped her move house <laughs> recently <laughs> in Kendall. She's, she's in the Lake District. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm, it's solely responsible for, for everything, really, doing yeah. that job. Getting that job really set me on a path, um, a career path that I didn't even know I was going to go on. So, yeah, Fantastic. Very, very fond memories of it. Well, that's really good. That's really good. Um, and um, I do have a few more things to ask about Rosie and Jim. I don't know most of the questions about it because I just that's love the show right. so much. <laughs> it's, it's funny, really, because I, rem I remember when I was a kid, um, there was one particular episode. It was when it was one of the very first ones with John Cunliffe yeah. um, where they go to a supermarket oh, gosh, and they're pushing yeah. a shopping trolley. And yeah. it's and it, it, the one thing that I love about it is that it was filmed in the Merry Hill Shopping Centre. It really was. And they customised this trolley so that yes. I can fit in it. Yeah. And the thing is, I live not too far from there and <laughs> that Sainsbury's supermarket was still there until about 2017. Unfortunately, they've just recently knocked it down and turned okay. it into a next. But I always used to go there as a kid and go, this is where they filmed Rosie and Jim and like try and like work out where the different scenes were filmed. You know, yeah. we had such fun that day. I mean, we literally went in and caused mayhem. <laughs> you did. I mean, one of the great things about being that character was I was allowed to just be naughty it was all about just find your inner child and let rip and oh my god that I loved that I mean she is my my the, you know my the eight-year-old me or the even younger than that is Rosie and I could I was just well Robin and I we were throwing food at people we were mucking about we were <laughs> oh god that was a brilliant day 
Apart from literally laying in a trolley with lots of food on me. Yes, I wanted to hear you do in that. In one of the shots, if you look really carefully, you're going to go, what's this now? There is a bit where I believe you can see just a part of my face. But you would, you'd have to look really carefully, but you can, you can see me, apparently. I'll have a look. I'll try and watch back. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, that's the other thing as well when you watch back some of them is that um, obviously there's a lot of it filmed out in the public and it's funny looking at the members of the public who aren't in on what's going on mm, just staring yeah, and going absolutely. what the hell's going on all those kids like pointing out the puppets when the yeah. you know the person the presenter's supposed to be acting as if they don't know they're there yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny um but uh, you know you filmed all over the place not just in the midlands i mean are there any particular places or episodes or you know stick well, out you know, one of my funniest one of my funniest memories were we were doing some sort of market episode and I, I don't even remember where the market was now but there was the, the fruit and veg guy had said yes you can you know shoot me and what have you and the puppets would pop up and uh, so we were about to film he said what shall I say and and the director said well just say what you would usually say as you're trying to sort of you know get people to come and buy your produce so we started rolling and uh he starts being that sort of, you know, typical market seller. And he's like, come on, ladies, get your gums around my plums. <laughs> and we all just suddenly stopped and went, you can't say that. It's a preschool children's programme. I don't think I've, I, honestly, I could not stop laughing. I mean, obviously it wasn't used for the, for the obvious reasons, but oh my goodness, it was just blessing. So, yeah, that's a fond memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. I mean, yeah, there was there was a lot of episodes, a lot of plays. I'm trying to think what other ones I liked, apart from the, the supermarket one. I mean, it was all, like I say, it was always interesting to see because a lot of it was filmed around places I'm so familiar with. And some of those places have changed since. Some haven't. So that's always interesting. I think one good one is the one with the Christmas light switch on. In oh, Stratford, yeah. I think. I think it is Stratford, Stratford. isn't it? That yeah. was. I was burgled that day. The oh. day we turned the lights on, I got a phone call. I was in Stratford and my, my flat had been burgled. That's how, that's how I remember it. But there were so many people there for the, light turn, for the turning of the lights on. And again, it's one of those things that you sort of... I never realised, and we never realised, just how wonderful it it an impression it made. And Robin and I ended up doing all sorts of things because of Rosie and Jim. Um, we, we went to, um, there's a charity, a charitable organization called Make-A-Wish, um, and it's about children that have got terminal illnesses, and one little boy wanted to meet us, and so we went off to meet him, and it was so bittersweet, obviously. Um, but things like that, you just don't, you don't realise the impact that the whole show made. So, yeah, it's um, it's still a shock to me. But when I when I do, I've, I've got um, I, I run a, a different company, and some of my now and some of my ladies, you know, they're in their twenties, and of course they watched it when they were young. So it is really, it yeah, it's still really strange that people remember it. Very flattering. Indeed, indeed. I suppose what you've got to remember is when it was on, there was only f four channels. So, mm. uh, you know, probably yeah. half of the half of the children be watching yeah, BBC, but the other half be watching now. ITV. <laughs> no. It would have nosedived. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, really good. And, uh, you know, really, really good show. And I'm, I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed it. I'm just uh, sorry that I didn't realise that the Christmas episode had such uh, oh. bad memories for you. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... It, it's odd, isn't it, what you remember? I mean, you know, was, I loved working with Robin as well. I mean, he just, mm. I don't know, just he's like my on-screen husband. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we just, we, you know, we'll always be close and so that's really nice. I think I saw a, a video once and it was because very rarely do you see any behind the scenes footage and it's always really surreal to see mm. the puppeteers. I did see a clip once and I think it, it was Rosie and Jim mm. and it was at the CITV studios and I think you're both lying on the floor operating yeah. the puppets yeah. in the studio. <laughs> I know, do you know what, it's not glamorous at all. People think, oh she works in TV. No, I lie on the floor Yes. <laughs> you know, and nobody knows who I am and it's just, you know, things just happen. It's um, 
But, uh, but on the plus side, nobody stops you in the street every five minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. just every now and again, you get little, you know, you get TV yeah. nerds like me emailing and <laughs> saying, please talk to me. I've read the credits. So, you no, know. I quite like that because as I head into my old age, it's quite nice to reminisce. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, because I'll go on to some of the other shows that you've been involved in. And uh, I will admit, before I, I recorded this, I, I did a bit of research online about the other shows that you were involved in. And there were some that I didn't even know that um, you worked on. <laughs> great now with the internet that we can all be stalkers yes <laughs> oh you know, it's like a, yeah, anyway. Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, one thing that you mentioned, and I didn't know this, is that you did end up doing some work on Tots TV, not as puppeteering, but producing the musical inserts. Is, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. I'm intrigued at what that was. Um, well, originally, again, things changed. There were going to be five characters. And oh, I was right. going to puppeteer one, and that all changed. Um, and so then I wasn't... Because they, they made the the female character French, and obviously I'm my... My French is not good. Um, So I ended up just, it was only a really little thing, just ended up producing. I was given the brief that um, what I needed to do was, um, and it was for Teletubbies, not Tots TV, for the tummies. You know where the tummies, Yes. um, you went into the TV screen. I just had to shoot some nursery rhymes like pop videos. So I was given a cameraman with a steady cam. I was given loads of different schools all around Birmingham. Um, and some of them were just, were, were, we were trying to use children that didn't have very much and just, and, and were in, you know, very inner city schools. I can't even describe it. Um, and they were just wonderful. And I just had to, muck about with them, get them all happy and what have you and shoot this thing and then edit it and what have you. And I love doing that. But again, that that was something I didn't even think I'd end up doing. You fall into these things, don't you? So, you know, then I started writing a bit. I wrote some of the uh, Rosie and Jim episodes and uh, and then, yeah, it just, that led on to other things. So then I started puppeteering on other programs and then, um, I did Live and Kicking, and Don and I wrote some of the comedy sketches every week. And so, yeah, and it's all stemmed from that. Really cool, really cool. And it was Live and Kicking, what what characters was that? Um, Well, originally on Live and Kicking, there were two leprechauns, Sage and Onion. And then John, who did Onion, uh, went off to Australia to do Farscape, which was another sort of sci-fi thing and so they wanted to keep the leprechauns and so suddenly the sister arrives shamrock that's that was me um and so yeah i worked with jamie uh, jamie Seekston and zoe ball and that was great and zoe and i would do this whole love letters slot every week where we would read out children's letters and there would be a celebrity sitting with us and we'd give them advice and just ad-libbed and mucked about and it was great just it was fab good that's really that's really cool to hear and um another show as well which i believed you worked on for a time which i absolutely loved uh wizardora did you work on that yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. do you know what as we're talking about this, it, it just reminds me of the whole point that I originally wanted to be an actress and that my whole, basically, my entire career, people have wanted to hide me. Yes. Clearly, <laughs> really, I'm not as pretty as I thought I was. Because <laughs> then we mentioned Wizardora and they asked me to be the sort of face of the computer. Do you remember... Um... Yes, Poot, was this? Right, the computer. Yeah, do, you, do you remember... What was it called? What was the sci-fi thing on BBC Two? Oh, um, Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Yes. Right, so do you remember the face? That's what it's going to be like, just the sort of face and, you know... And I was like, I'd love to do that. My face will be on TV. I got quite excited. And then they were like, well, yeah, but we're going to pixelate you. Oh, na- yes, and yes. I was like... I didn't realise it was you. I, I mean, it realize. was a real kick in the you know. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm a puppeteer. So, you know, I'm sort of, you know, yeah. I'm used to now not showing my face. I thought you were going to say you were one of the puppet characters. I didn't even realise you were the computer. <laughs> no, no. I, I got all quite excited thinking, you know, maybe <laughs> somebody <laughs> might see me. No. Computer says no. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. So I've learned something new today on that one. And, um, I mean, we were talking earlier on about 
Francis Wright. Um, yeah. You know, you worked together on like uh, Mortimer and Arabelle, Hotchpotch oh. House, Bug Alert. Yeah, um, I see Hotchpotch House. Oh my God, wonderful. Just delicious scripts. The set was fantastic. The puppets were great. Oh, and actually that didn't get recommissioned because Teletubbies was then commissioned and, it, and they commissioned quite a lot of episodes of Teletubbies and so there was no money left. And that was mortifying for Francis and I because it was just such a beautiful show to be involved in. Um, how did you actually become involved in working with Francis? Because, well, well, when I was doing Rosie and Jim and it was all sort of coming to an end and I suddenly thought, gosh... Now what am I going to do? Because I, you know, I thought I was going to sort of want to be an actress, sort of presenter. I didn't know really what. Um, So I was a a little bit, I didn't know. And then there was a producer at the BBC called Roger Singleton-Turner. So I wrote to him. He was was in the children's department and just said, look, I really, really, really want to be a children's TV presenter. Here's my my photo. Here's my CV. I'm I'm doing this little puppet thing at the moment, you know, but if there's anything. And he contacted me and said, don't want you to present. You see, again, it's like (laughs) nobody wants to see my face. Um, He said, but we're doing Mortimer and Arabelle, this whole puppet show come down and see our head puppeteer. So I was like, okay. So I came down and I met Francis. And I've got to tell you, I was completely intimidated by him to start with. I was very young, very new. And and you, you probably know from having your podcast with him that he's just, he busts, doesn't he, with light and enthusiasm. He does, he does. Intelligent and, oh, God. I mean, I think the first time I met him, he mentioned the wreck of the Hesperus. And I was like... No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but he, he really, I don't know, so I don't, something happened and we got on. And he, he said, come and come and just help out on the show. And there's a couple of characters you can do. And I ended up doing the grandma uh, character on there and this Indian puppet. And my goodness, the grandma was great because I just did a lot in the background, mucking about and just what have you. And um, and it just grew from there. And then Francis was going on to do other shows. And he just said, we need a female puppeteer. And he was working a lot with Richard Coombs. And so the three of us became quite a little team. Um, and, and we did lots together. So... Um, yeah, and on, oh my goodness, I'd work with him any time, I tell you. And, and then doing things like Bug Alert, uh, Francis wrote that. Um, I don't know, we just laugh. It, it never feels like a job. It just, I don't know, I've always said I got paid to be silly. And, and that's all you can hope for in life, really, isn't it? Not to have a job that you have to take too seriously. Um, so, yeah, I adore Francis, and that's how come he's responsible for a lot of my career. Absolutely. It is good when you're having fun, and it's really wonderful that he took you under his wing and, you know, gave you all that um, yeah. opportunity. Very nice of him. He does come across as a very nice guy. I have met him, um, yeah. and obviously have spoken to him on this podcast. And he, you know, he's he, amazing, because he, he, he is. literally called me a few weeks ago, Dear girl! Yes. I've been speaking to somebody and I need to have, I've got a favour. <laughs> like, what do you think, darling? Yes. But for someone who speaks so well, um, when I spoke to him, he can slip into a, a Birmingham accent. Very good. <laughs> he can oh, do that. Of course he can. Yeah, no, he's still got it, bless him. Um, yeah, it is funny, actually, because I said that, because obviously one of the, the, the popular characters he did for the longest time was the head on Art Attack. Yeah. I just remember thinking, your voice sounds nothing like it, but then he just slipped into it and it was mm. really bizarre. It's like, it's yeah. nothing like the head's voice at all. And again, it was being round the likes of Richard Coombs and Francis right who both oh my goodness not only exceptional puppeteers I mean really the best of the best at that time but the voices they could do and then because they made me feel so comfortable the three of us together we, we were just we, I don't know we just worked all the time and it just felt great so yeah yeah it taught me a lot 
And it's good to hear that Bug Alert was good fun to do because I love that show. And, uh, oh. you know, we, we were talking about the fact that um, it, because it was on so early in the morning, it, yeah. it's not that well remembered. And I think no. that's a bit of a shame. But the one thing that was nice is there was an event in London not long ago at the BFI about 90s kids TV. Francis was there and they actually shown a few clips on this giant cinema screen. Oh, so yeah. I was sat in a cinema watching Bug no. Alert, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> couple as a film it should all be cut together i mean that out of all the, the, the shows that we did together that one was done on a complete shoestring so the, the puppets weren't fantastic but they just you know it, it was really more just the vehicle for the script um and we didn't it, we, we were on such a tight schedule <laughs> Somebody, like the runner, was literally highlighting all our words, sticking all of our stuff up, and literally we'd finish one scene, the next one would go up. And half the time it's like, let's not even rehearse it, we'll shoot it, we'll just see, just see whether you can just do it and what have you. And then we'd be puppeteering two characters at the same time, one with one hand, one with the other. And uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but just the funniest scripts. And it's such a shame that there isn't anything like that now. Um, Absolutely. It'll come back, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, there are a number of them on YouTube, which is always good mm. to uh, kind of watch back and reminisce. Yeah, I mean, it's mad, isn't it? I, I often wonder who sits at home putting all of this stuff on. <laughs> I don't know who do, who does that. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but it, yeah, it keeps everything alive, doesn't it? It, it does. I, I will admit, I am one. Of, I mean, I haven't uploaded any bug alert, but I, I will admit, I am one of these people who has put some old shows onto YouTube before yes. just to keep them going. Um, I love you for that. <laughs> Thank you. No <laughs> Put some on, honestly. Let's educate the world. <laughs> exactly, it. exactly. No, it's really good to see. And, uh, you know, like you say, the, the puppets were kind of made on a shoestring. I mean, Doodlebug, which was mm. yours, wasn't it? Oh, um, it was made out of a Vileda mop, wasn't I it? <laughs> I know. But you know what? What It was so effective. He was lovely as well like that, didn't he? <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of your characters are northern. <laughs> You know, because I grew up in Lincoln, anyway, on the East Coast, so I am slightly northern. Yeah. I'm just putting on my my telephone voice. See, this, you know what is so nice as well when you're doing puppets is you can just do a gross exaggeration of a character. Yes. Mm. Which you can never do when you're acting because you there has to be more subtlety. Where, and I'm never, I've never really been one to be that subtle. So, actually, puppeteering suited me down to the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Good fun. You can muck around. Mm. <laughs> um, so uh, another show as well. Um, one of my friends, his name's Robert, really wants me to ask some questions about this because until recently he didn't know you were the voice of this character. Oh, um, and what is it? WYSIWYG. Oh. <laughs> He's a big fan of the show, and um, I, so I mean, weird. Were you Looking the back now? was really weird, wasn't it? It was a rugby ball in a bag. It was, yes. A talking, <laughs> floating, rugby ball-shaped head. Um, yeah, I do I do remember it. But my, my friend, um, I think he kind of taped a few of the shows and was a big fan, so he was like, yeah. you must ask some questions. Yeah, that was really strange. We shot that up in Nottingham. So I, I'm presuming it was the Central. I don't, I don't remember, but I, I just... It was an animatronic puppet. Um, and so there was another chat mark that he would work the animatronics and things because it had to come out of things and float around. So a lot of it was shot with back plates and then and then done in an editing suite to make it look like this character, this rugby ball, essentially was floating about and doing things. So yeah, it was quite that was a really different thing to do because it wasn't like normal puppeteering um, at all. Oh, I haven't thought about WYSIWYG in years. <laughs> brought back some memories. don't even remember how many we made now. can't remember. I think it ran for about three years, I think. I, I can't remember myself. I do remember it being on. It's funny, actually, because... Um, it's one of those questions that guests asked a lot that I've seen about online, where people go, what was that show with the floating head? And a lot of people kind of remember it, but they just can't think of the name of it. So You, you know. know what? I wonder whether that's on YouTube, because that would be quite... I'd quite like to see that again. Um, yeah, I think, there's, I think there's one or two on there, because um, I, um, I, when I was doing research for this interview and I found out that you were WYSIWYG, yeah. I sent my friend a screenshot of the credits and went, look. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, do you know, now I think about it, WYSIWYG did sound an awful lot like Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> do 
do you know what? It's really weird because I, I used to go to all these interviews and I'd say, okay, what do you want? And I'd do all these voices and we always ended up coming back. They wanted the same thing. And I could never quite escape from that. Um, and it, at first I used to think that's really, it's not good because I want to do other things. But essentially then you have to do what, what, what the producers want, don't you? So, yeah, they want a little girl's voice. And that's what they get then. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thank God no one had really heard of it. <laughs> Otherwise they've gone, oh, what's Rosie doing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's nice that it's jogged your memory a bit. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I really bet you has. wasn't um, thinking about that today. expecting to be asked about that show. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't even think I'd have remembered it myself, to be honest. Because um, I always kind of have a look on like IMDb or LinkedIn yeah. to kind of find what someone's done. Because there might be a show that I didn't know that they were involved yeah. in. It's like, oh, you know. Because I always like to ask people about the, the shows that are not as well remembered or didn't mm. run as long. Because it's nice to kind of talk about those shows as well as not just the big ones. I yeah, think. Absolutely. Definitely. And um, as well, like you said earlier, that you know you worked on the Hoobs as well, which was yeah. so popular when it came out. Yeah. Uh, which character were you? I did one of the motorettes. Um, I had a I, I had a really good time on that show, and it, I was contracted for two years, and then I was allowed to go off and do other things. So I just was like, I'll just do the motorettes, and I helped do uh, the arms and everything for Hubba Bubba. Is that, was that his name, the blue one? Yes, Hubba Bubba. There yeah. You. <laughs> um, and it was great because it was like having a regular job that I knew I could go back to and then go off and do all the other things. And, and so Henson's, I mean, working Henson's is amazing, let me tell you. They 100% look after you. You are, you know, nothing is too much trouble and they're just, well, they're just amazing. Um, so, yeah, I was really, really fortunate to do the hoops. So, uh, yeah, that was great. We did like 175 episodes each each season and we did it Blimey. over two years or something and then we did like an episode a day and then they, they were just shown for ages they were they? they were yeah channel four and i think it was because channel four hadn't done a lot of children's stuff um and certainly nothing to that size to that length bigger commission um and yeah so it, yeah it was really good it was very close to, i used to live in harrow and it was shot in elstree so it was it was even it was so peachy so, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. And like you say, it did run for a very long time. Very popular. Yeah. And um, I got to sing, because I really like to sing. So, you know. The, yes. <laughs> who doesn't like that? Indeed. Well, if you can sing. Unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> so I, I try not to. <laughs> and um, I, I mean, and, and one other show as well, which again, I was like looking at, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, Barnaby Bear. You were Barnaby Bear as well. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> we. Well, it was in the days when the BBC made school programmes um, and had a budget for that. And um, so we worked alongside the uh, National Geographic and it was the key stage to geography and we stuck to the curriculum. So we got to go to some amazing places. I mean, we went to Norway, we went to France, we, we I don't know, we just, Ireland, we... We just got to travel, and it was, um, I mean, God, Norway was amazing. We, um, I, I was, at one point, I'm lying on the, on the sort of edge of this mountain on the side with this walkie-talkie in my hand, and the, and the camera crew are somewhere down and what have you, and literally I am um, helping, or to, trying to help, because obviously as much as a puppet really can't help, um, to herd these reindeers with this semi-tribesman. And I remember phoning my then boyfriend going, you'll just never guess what I'm doing today. <laughs> and there's all these reindeers literally leaping over me as I'm laying in this sort of ferny, heathery, whatever. Literally, like, you just, I don't know, you can't, nothing can buy moments like that. You know, there isn't enough money, is there? And it's the same with Rosie and Jim. This weekend, my, I was at the Thames near Tower Bridge because my sister's doing part of the Round the World Clipper race. And we and Tower Bridge started to open, and Rosie and Jim, we, I actually pressed the button and opened the bridge, and again, wouldn't get to do that in any other walk of life. 
So I, I just, I'm so aware how lucky I've been to, to go everywhere and do things. I mean, Barnaby Bear, we went to Mexico, and it was just extraordinary. I mean, we just had the best, best time. Yeah, and you got paid to travel, which is I nice. <laughs> paid to be silly, get paid to travel. Honestly, I've got nothing to moan about, have I really? No, absolutely. And some great <laughs> memories. It's, it's, it's really nice to hear all these stories about such wonderful children's shows that so many yeah. people enjoyed, and I was one of them. And, uh, you know, very fond it's memories of watching them. There again, that was sort of bizarrely successful. Um, and you wonder why. And then the, uh, um, when I was doing it with the the little girl, Becky, who then went on. I don't know if she's still in Hollyoaks, but she was in Hollyoaks for a while, wasn't she? I've never watched Hollyoaks, so I don't know, sorry. I don't watch Hollyoaks, but this is what I hear. But she was just fabulous to work with, you know. She must, I don't know what she's doing. But, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. It's been great to hear these memories. And, um, you know, you've had a long career in puppetry, mm. and not just in television. I know that you've done some work on some big films as well, the Muppet mm. films, and recently the new Star Wars ones as well. That must be really cool. Yeah, I mean, again, you're seeing things that you just wouldn't ordinarily get to see, and I think that's what always just... I literally walk around Pinewood going, I can't believe I'm here. You know, any minute now I'll be found out. I mean, I think that with Star Wars, it's just, you don't get to do a massive amount, but you need to be there to just, I don't know, just manipulate certain things and just what have you. And you're very lucky if, you're, if your little bit gets into shot, let alone makes the film. Um, but you're just experiencing something that you'll never, ever see again. It is a, it, it's the biggest machine of a thing I've ever worked on. They literally just take over the whole of Pinewood and it's, and the security is something else. Your phone gets covered, you, the, the camera bit gets covered with this security thing. And yeah, you, you, you can't talk to anybody. You can't tell anybody what's going on. And um, so, yeah, that's great. And you also get to sort of, you know, you get to see Harrison Ford and things, what's not to love. Um, so, yeah, that's all good. And the, and the, and the Muppets, again, I, gosh, I think I was 24, 25 when I, I did Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, and you're just really, I was really like a puppet extra because, you know, the way they fill all of the holes, don't they, around the set with puppets and yeah. just keeping the whole thing breathing and alive. And again, at that age, when I hadn't really done anything really in, in much in television or in film and suddenly you're there and these enormous sets and there's people shouting you know what they're doing and you do this and other. it's just the most incredible situation to be in I mean to the point where we're shooting one day and we stopped shooting because in walks Joan Collins looking unbelievable I mean just everybody's jaws are on the floor and she sort of sashes in and has a chat and wants to have a little look around because she's heard the Muppets are there. And um, and then off she goes again, and you just go, oh, my God. <laughs> Tim Collins just walked in. How marvellous. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's all good. Definitely, definitely. And um, Muppets Christmas Carol was one of my favourite films growing up. My poor mother had to sit through it all through the year, not just at Christmas, and every Christmas I do watch it. It's a, it's a great oh, film. You know what? Every Christmas I say the same thing. I, go, I was in that, and my boy's like, yeah, we know, Mum. <laughs> it's, it's nice, actually. You're the second person I spoke to who did background puppets on, on Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, you see... You know what? They literally have to just dredge in every single puppeteer that's in, in Britain yes. when, uh, when there's a Muppet <laughs> movie. So, uh, and again, it's really nice to do those things because it's like, it's like going, I say it's like going to the Star Wars restaurant because we go, we meet up, we haven't seen each other maybe for a little bit or work together for a while and the food is free and it's wonderful and we sit there and we just catch up. So it's marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it, it is. It is really nice that you know that you all get along and you keep in touch. Showing, like you know, um, I mean, one thing I have been told by, I mean, the other person who I spoke to who was in Muppets Christmas Carol was a guy called Simon Buckley. Oh, um, lovely Simon, so, who is Simon. now a vicar. Yes, that surprised <laughs> me. Yeah, um, and he said, you know, that because there aren't that many puppeteers in the mm. country, you all seem to know each other, and it's always nice when you work together. You know, and it's like a reunion every. Yeah. Single yeah. time, um, yes, that's really nice. And that's what has been lovely is that you know, yeah, 
whenever there's a big job, everybody gets together. And yeah, I mean, there are more puppeteers now than there ever was because they, you're, you're right, they did start doing it courses at drama school and things, which they never did when I was at drama school. Um, but it got being a puppet and all puppets on TV became much more popular. So they sort of built it into their curriculum. Um, but yeah, there's still a whole load of us that have been doing it for years and years. And we just, well, we keep going literally till our arms drop off. <laughs> we will keep doing it if there's work there. Absolutely. Um, so to kind of finish things off, um, I always ask people, you know, what are you up to these days? Oh, do you know what? Not too much. I uh, I have, bizarrely, I have a cleaning company um, because I am a single mum. And when I, I moved down from London down to Dorset, uh, when my boys were about three, and, um, and I suddenly thought, what on earth am I going to do? I still want to puppeteer, but I've got to, you know, got to have something along that runs alongside it and so I there's a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad I don't know if you've ever read it but it's basically about how you generate a passive income yes um, and it separates entrepreneurs from just people who have a job job and I thought I can't do a job job because I'm a single mum and to be honest I'm not qualified in anything <laughs> I mean like what would I do um so I thought, oh, I've got a slight OCD disorder with cleaning. So I set up uh, my company, and now I've got about 25, 30 women who go off and are wonderful, and they do that, and it enables me to be a mum to my boys um, and, and actually puppeteer when I need to because they, they do the work. They are amazing. So it's, uh, it's worked out really, really well. That's really cool. And um, actually, there is one more thing I do need to ask, because um, just to kind of prove I'm talking to the real person, oh, can no. you still do Rosie's voice? <laughs> I can for a fee. No, I can. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Shall I just say anything? Go on. Um, hi, I'm Rosie, and um, it's been really, really nice to talk to everybody today. And uh, that's what I'd like to say. So, um... Have a happy day, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Rebecca, it's been absolutely lovely oh, speaking to you today. Thank you so much. No problem. Brilliant. Thank you for listening, and that brings us to the last interview in the series. I hope you've enjoyed them all, and a big thank you that goes out to everybody who's agreed to be interviewed by me. It really does mean a lot. I hope to be back sometime soon with a new batch of chats. In the meantime, I'll be posting stuff on the Jack's Throwback Attack blog page, as well as some stuff on YouTube as well. Until next time, I'll see you soon.